0: Hey there friend and welcome, it's Ruby here. In episode eight, I shared with you some insights from my own career switch and what that journey looks like, well, in reality. And today I wanted to bring you some good old wisdom about reinventing yourself through your career. Now, this wisdom doesn't come from any ancient texts or any of my favorite gurus. Instead, it comes from a handful of beautiful women who kindly agreed (laughs) in the last year to be interviewed for something I created over at my website, rubymarsh.com, called The Switch Series. So similar to my own switch, this series was about Honouring their own bravery as they made their move towards work that they felt was more purposeful and more heartfelt. If you're listening to this and you're thinking right now, hey, hang on a second. I'm ready to make a leap, but I'm honest to God freaking out or that's exactly what I'm craving next in my career, but I really don't know where I'm going to start with this. Then firmly press those little earbuds into your ears and get ready to be inspired for the next 30 minutes. This is the True To You podcast, your very own work bestie. Each week we come together for honest conversations about reinventing yourself and your career, all while navigating a path towards meaningful work. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. So the women you're about to hear from play in a variation of arenas. We've got Rachel, who went all in with her husband and their business, infusing creativity at every turn. Then there's Alison, who created a ritual skincare brand from her own daily rituals. Beck, who merged the most powerful skills she had to form a branding and strategic marketing studio. Lindsay, who like Beck, after a career in fashion, brought the best of her skills to the table to form a boutique creative agency. Rosie, who founded... who. Found a gap in the maternity active we are seeing. And finally, the beautiful Clancy, who went from lawyer to birth doula, yoga teacher, and essential oil alchemist. So, quite an amazing array of businesses, professions, career switches going on there. And at the time of their interviews, many of these women. Well, they were pretty well into their new career direction. Their new business was underway, or uh, perhaps going all in with with their husband's business that was already an established thing. So, with this in mind, I started our interview by asking them whether there was an exact moment their heart decided it was time for a career change. So I'm going to share some of this wisdom with you. And these interviews were written interviews. So what I'm about to share is quotes around that moment that their heart decided it was time for the career change. So for Rachel, it was eight years of studying and working as a physiotherapist. And getting to this point where she knew deep down she really needed to be either in a creative industry or fusing more creativity into her role. At the heart of it, she loved all of the little creative endeavors that she brought to the rest of her life and she wanted a way of being able to bring that into her day-to-day job. So that's when she decided well, I'm just going to become the creative director of my husband's business. (laughs) And then Alison describes it more like a gentle urge from her heart to try something new. She, at the time, this gentle urge was pressing on her heart. She'd been chasing acting dreams since she was a young woman and she'd put her heart and soul into making that dream a reality. But for her, it was a gradual letting go of something that she fiercely wanted to make space for something new to grow and flourish. She found aromatherapy to be a lovely self-nurturing and creative hobby, to nourish her on multiple levels, and it gave her this sense of empowerment, especially... As as an actor and going to multiple editions, she was at the mercy of someone else. But when she turned her hand to blending and creating ideas for products, she suddenly felt this greater sense of empowerment that she'd never felt before. For Beck, remember she has the branding and strategic marketing studio. She recalls the switch, not as a dramatic leap, but what she calls a slow burn. After spending 10 years working in the corporate world and corporate fast fashion, she was given incredible opportunities in this time to grow her skill set, travel the world, and work alongside amazing individuals that were true visionaries, but she was completely burnt out. She recalled in her interview how the corporate world could be really cutthroat, physically and mentally demanding. And she began to just feel this sense of lack in some other areas of her life that she just simply wasn't able to give attention to. And so, after realizing this, a couple of months later, she resigned from her job and booked a one-way ticket to Nepal and it was that trip to Nepal that became a trip to Central America and the experiences that she had on that trip dramatically changed her path and her career and ended up allowing her the opportunity to dream up her next move and reconnect with what her true purpose was and who she really wanted to help. So like her fellow switches, Miss Clancy says, there wasn't a precise moment where she went, I've got to do it, I've got to do this. For her, and this is similar to Beck, but it was more a gradual dawning of realizing after a number of months or possibly even years and I can totally relate to this, that the career that she'd trained for at university for six years and then worked in for six years, so over 12 years of putting uh, her heart and soul into this industry, she realized that she was never going to be a totally fulfilled and happy woman. And when she realized that, that was her turning point to start her career switch journey. So of course from there, How did these women act on their realization or their gentle urge, as Alison called it? The next question that I loved asking these women, because so many of us, when we go to make a change, we know what the change is, but we don't always know what the next right action is or what is the plan? What are the next few steps that I need to make? And so I asked these women what were the first steps that they took to, to designing this new career path. What were the first simple things that they started to do? And when I asked Rosie this this question, interestingly, she conceived the idea for her maternity and early motherhood activewear brand when she was pregnant with her second child. So it came out of a need herself out of something she was actually experiencing in her personal life. And Rosie was a yoga teacher and had owned a yoga studio. So she was very versed in the world of yoga pants and active wear, but at the same time did not have any solution for what she was looking for. So she came up with this idea for a brand that would fit this need and she called it Lenny Rose Active. And when she came up with this plan and this idea, Rosie knew that she also didn't have any experience in the fashion industry whatsoever. But she had this huge drive to fill this gap in the market. So what she did was she looked around her and she said, hey, who do I know that can help me? Who do I know that I can at least get some of these ideas down on paper with? so she sought out uh some family friends that had been in the fashion industry and other mentors and she realized that although she was a complete rookie she had at least a little bit of guidance at that point by straight away going to the people that she knew in those industries she had some guidance with where to start and really it just got rolling from there so That's a really, really interesting uh, thing that Rosie did uh, because a lot of us will wanna toil away on our own until our idea is perfect. And she went to someone that she knew and she said, hey, this is the idea, can you help me? Like, what do I need to know? (laughs) So for Beck, uh, Beck is the creator of Conscious Creative Studio. So that is the marketing and strategy studio. Uh, the core principles behind this uh, company began to emerge, like I said, through her overseas travel, in particular some experiences that she had in Guatemala. And once she returned home from that trip, what she did was she realized that she needed to start seeking out what she called conscious business owners. So these were people whose products were typically made in developing nations, or they were ethically sourced. And she went about, as Rosie did, spending lots of time with these people, connecting with them on a deeper level to really understand what their biggest challenges were and how therefore she could support them. What skills did she have to meet those challenges? So, once she figured out how her creative skill set could best impact their businesses, she began to put together branding packages, including design, photography, and digital marketing. And because of all of this background work that she'd done, she understood who it was for and what it was for. Beck, I can tell you, she launched her brand officially, Conscious Creative Studio, and she has never been out of work since. And it was such a pleasure to connect with Beck and have her tell her story because I know she had a depth of experience, but she also put in so much time to understand where she was positioning herself and how she could best help her client. And then next up, I wanted to share a little bit from Alison's story. So as you remember, Alison was the actor who started a skincare brand and she started this well before her business actually emerged. So before she actually put some physical products to market, she had already began thinking about it because... Consciously or unconsciously, she had been educating herself in this area of aromatherapy and natural skincare for a number of years, and she worked in a retail space that supported that as well. And this was fulfilling a deeply personal interest for her, and that was as far as it went until she realized that she had something really unique there. And even though she didn't know where to start, she'd never created a product, even though she worked for a product-based retail business. She knew she wanted to do something different than what she had already experienced that was on the market. So what she ended up doing was fusing her ideas and her uh, love of skincare and aromatherapy with her studies and energetic healing. And this really opened up a new world for her because she understand, understand uh, understands the, um, the basics of the products and formulating and all of those sorts of things and the ingredients that she wanted to use, but infusing this uh, energetic healing side actually into the products became a really unique point with these products. And it also helped her go beneath the surface level and really tap into what her intuition was telling her with what moves she needed to make next. So although some of her moves were strategic and she knew she had gaps to fill, she also really made a point of making decisions based on her intuition. And like I'd said, her previous work in acting had been at the whim of everyone else. And now she had a chance to really drive her decisions from within herself. And finally, I thought I'd share a little bit about Clancy's uh, first steps towards designing her new career path and becoming a doula eventually. And this all started out The turning point was obviously being disillusioned with the law, but then she really decided to get curious and she didn't have any real plan at this point. But for a period of about five years, she went about studying things that really deeply interested her, yoga and kinesiology. And then it was towards the end of that five years when she was pregnant with her little boy, things started to come together a little more clearly for her and she started to get really clear on what her next move was going to be, sparked by the fact that she was pregnant herself. But all of these little things that she had done and all of these bits and pieces, even though she knew this wasn't the final frontier, they all led her into the world of uh, becoming a doula. And combining this with her love of essential oils, also how she could bring some of her yoga practices into her work as well, so that she had something unique to offer these incredible women that were on on this pregnancy journey. So what I noticed with a lot of these women is that their desire to make a career switch or start a business was that they really wanted to be able to bring more creativity into their work or into their day-to-day life. And uh, for many of them, they'd actually started out in creative careers, fashion and design and branding, and even acting theaters is a creative career. And they knew that they no longer were driven by those those bigger corporate machines <laughs> that had given them their start in their career as well. You know, sometimes we forget that, that we needed that experience, that it was really important because it set us up for the next thing we were going to do. But they knew that they had to be driven internally. We talked about Alison with her cultivating her intuition and driving her business decisions from that place. So switching into this mode of really what's my dream? What, what lights me up? What are my desires? What do I wanna create? And then setting about and doing that. So the next question I asked them was, how do they fuse creativity into their work in particular? and in their life as well. And what are some of the catalysts for being a creative woman day to day? And for almost all of these women, (laughs) alongside the fact that it was so interesting that creativity was such a uh, important value of theirs and something that made them who they, they are. They mentioned that the act of being creative required them to be really dialed in to their daily practices and ensure that they are both switched on and making time to be switched off. So restoring that balance on a day-to-day basis. For Lindsay, this was practices that keep her and what she calls her sometimes wild creative energy grounded, in particular, meditation and time in nature. Similar to Lindsay, Beck likes to move her body and stays away from her technology first thing in the morning. She says that this allows her to clear her head, plan the day ahead, and get some endorphins firing from the get-go. Externally, in her external world and her interpersonal relationships, she makes a point of surrounding herself with a network of really passionate people who are driven and determined and wanting to create really positive change in the world through their work. So this is not only the businesses that she works with, but the people that she surrounds herself with. They say that you are the sum of the five or the 10, I don't know how many it is, but it's a very minimal number of people that are very indicative of the type of person you are. And for someone like her who had a really innate drive, Uh, In order for her to act on that drive, she also knew that she needed to be supported by the people around her, inspired by the people around her, and also be able to gain wisdom and knowledge from them as well. Okay, the next question, because of course, this is one very wild ride, this process of switching careers for a lot of these women, we brought up the conversation of fear. So what did they have to overcome in order to make this switch? What does fear look like for them on a daily basis? And I really loved knowing from these women whether they had any specific practices to keep that inner critic, that inner mean girl, that fear monster at bay. So for Rachel, who knows the chaos of running a small business and a team uh, very well, (laughs) she uses quotes. So she always has a quote on hand and uses that as a daily mantra for her and importantly, as well is then being able to zoom the lens out on a regular basis and reflect on how far her and her husband have come and what they've built in a very short period of time. She also mentions that having key people in her life with contrasting energy are a huge support to her as well because uh, sometimes we If we're particularly introverted, we can want to go and hide and, you know, wallow in our misery. Or if we're particularly extroverted, it might mean that uh, we're always seeking other people around us. So for her, she finds that she creates this balance by contrasting herself with the opposite energy. And in particular, she talked about her husband as being this type of energy for her. And one last thing I would add with Rach as well is that she also recognizes, I think this is a beautiful uh, self-awareness from Rachel. She recognizes that when she's really exhausted and feeling overworked, that's when the negative thoughts tend to creep in for her. And it was something that she hadn't realized I noticed uh, Rach was actually one of my own clients. So to be able to work with her prior to making this big switch was an incredible experience. And just watching her blossom creatively and everything that she fuses into their business is just incredible. But at the same time, seeing her really make a stand for her own self-care and her own creativity outside of the business as well has been a beautiful thing to observe from afar. Okay, when I ask Beck of Conscious Creative Studio this question about fear, she interestingly said that for her fear creeps up in in her business and her business being successful because she says that she's not a natural self promoter. So that is one of the hardest things that she finds is being able to share her work with the world is an ongoing challenge for her because she loves creating and she loves, you know, being uh, with her people and with her clients, but then also being able to make the rest of the world aware of what she does uh, that, yeah, that's been a real challenge. So. One thing she, it's one thing she has to keep working on week to week and to overcome this, she, like Rachel, who looks back on how far she's come and really celebrates that, Beck looks back and focuses back on her why. So rather than kind of being in her head all the time, when that fear brain is, is firing, she goes, she pauses for a moment and she goes, "What? Why am I here? Why am I here again?" <laughs> and likewise, if a project fails, she attempts to dust herself up off and consider the learnings. And I think that is a really, really incredible thing to be able to do. It's easy to not see the learnings, not see the lessons, not see Uh, perceived failure as actually a gift for us and for our future selves but to uh, forget about it to steamroll over it to be embarrassed by it to feel shameful for it Uh, but the fact that she takes that moment to recognize okay what am I here to learn in this and what is the next solution Because she knows that if she's not in this space and that failure is actually a really important catalyst for her growth, without these risks in business, there's no opportunity to grow. So like the wins, she also sees the failures as a really important tool as well. And Lindsay, she recognizes that fear shows up for her as self-doubt and she manages it most days by always being in action in some capacity doesn't mean that that she's taking on big huge actions every day but doing something to keep things moving along and she recognizes that if fear did have its way it would keep her hiding and it would keep her trying to tweak things and mold things until they were so perfect uh, before she would ever show anything to the real world. So for her simple little actions every day and showing up and showing her work is what helps keep the self-doubt at bay. And finally, Clancy recognizes that her inner critic is typically an overdrive Similar to Rach, who recognized that when she's overworked and tired, that it comes up. But for Clancy, it's a feeling of being ungrounded. And so for her, the best thing she can do is to switch off for a few moments, for a few hours, or sometimes even she's known to take time away and go away. And that will look like getting out in nature, removing the technology, and simply reconnecting with herself. What I loved about these questions, all of these questions is that although for all of these women, they took varying paths and it took varying amount of times to get to the point where they felt they'd landed on this path that was more meaningful to them whether it be moving from corporate to business owner or starting another business in a completely new niche. At the end of the day, it's so good for us to hear these stories because what I realize and what I hope that you realize listening to this is that we are all human. We are all going through the same stuff we're all experiencing the same crappy thoughts, the same fears. And then the next minute we're riding this high, we're riding this thrill of the change of launching the business of getting the first client. So if you can just think about that for a moment, that you're human and you are going to go through all of these experiences no matter what. These women are not uh, immune to those feelings or those those really wonderful moments as well. The final question that I ask these women is what would they do if they had their time again? So what would they do if they could go back to that... 18 year old woman finishing high school, thinking about university, thinking about their first job, thinking about travel, whatever it might be. What advice did these women have for their 18 year old self? And Lindsay says, first connect to you and your vision and what you truly want out of life. This is something that we're very rarely taught to do all through our schooling. Um, So if there's ways and means for you to be able to do that, that would be the first thing that she would do. And secondly, learn the capacity to refocus every time your mind tries to stop you from making these big dreams happen. I love that one, that's so good. Beck said, quit worrying <laughs> in all caps. <laughs> you are not supposed to know exactly what you want to do with your career and your path. And to get there will not be a straight one. Yes, I totally agree with that, Beck. Alison said that it would be this Mary Oliver quote that she would have tattooed on her forehead. What is it that you want to do with your one wild and precious life? Oh, I love that quote, don't you? Like that, yes. If we all came back to that uh, time and time again, who knows what kind of wild and precious life we would be living. And finally, Clancy says, take time to decide what you really want to do. Have fun, travel before committing to your career path. She says, begin by choosing to study and learn things that really light you up and bring you joy, as opposed to those careers that seem great on paper or really prestigious. So if any of these beautiful women that I have shared with you tonight, if they are listening to this, I just want to say, oh MG, you are all incredible and thank you so much. It was such a joy to bring your wisdom to life again on the podcast. You truly are wonderful and I'm so glad that you came across my path in some capacity over the last few years. If you would like to find out more about these incredible women and their journeys in more detail, then I suggest you scroll down to the show notes for links to their full interviews. Have an amazing week, my friends, and bye for now. Hey there, girlfriend. Podcasts are incredible, aren't they? But of course... As you probably know, the real magic happens when you take those concepts you've learned and apply them directly to your life through daily action. If you're yearning to find more meaning in your work, then I want to invite you to take that daily action by joining me in my one-on-one mentoring program, The Unstoppable Woman. To find out more, head to rubymarsh.com slash private mentoring. I cannot wait to take the journey with you.